Hey everybody, welcome to Music Therapy. What is the best DIY space in Chicago? We're going to answer that and talk about lots more on today's episode of Music Therapy. Hey everybody, welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I'm a musician based here in Chicago, Illinois, and I am also a licensed clinical professional counselor. And Music Therapy is a mental health podcast for musicians and music fans. We talk about the creative process, mental health, and music careers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. And visit musictherapypodcast.com for previous episodes and upcoming events. And I have an announcement. Spread Joy is going to be our June group session featured band. They are Chicago's hottest new art punk band. They're going to be joining us at Cafe Mustache on June 8th. I love their new album. It's called Two, like the Roman numeral Two. I'm really excited to talk to them. I hope you guys come out. That's June 8th, Wednesday evening at Cafe Mustache, 8 p.m. with Spread Joy. Also, I'm playing a show at Cole's next Thursday on June 2nd along with Head and Kaylee Conway, who's coming in from Milwaukee. Please come out and join us. That's next Thursday, June 2nd at Cole's. Let me get to today's episode. Today I'm talking with Chicago musician Charles Joseph Smith. Charles is one of the biggest supporters of the Chicago music scene. If you've ever been to a DIY show in Chicago, you have probably seen him right up front, dancing, bringing so much joy to the show. And he actually straddles two really different musical worlds. So he's a fixture in the DIY scene, but he's also a genius level classical performer and composer. Charles also has autism. And we talk about what it was like for Charles to grow up with autism and how his autism has impacted his music career. Okay, so here's Charles Joseph Smith's bio. Charles was born and raised in Chicago and he started playing traditional music at age eight with his first piano lessons and also started composing at age 10. He has three degrees in piano performance at the college level, including a DMA degree. He has about 600 musical compositions under his belt, both originals and arrangements. He also has a long-term passion for ballroom dancing. He used to ballroom dance socially and competitively at the collegiate level. So Charles has a lot of talents, and he's got a really interesting story about his own relationship with music and this more formalized classical music world he inhabits compared to the gritty underbelly Chicago DIY scene that he loves. We're going to talk all about that. And we're also going to hear some music from Charles. So now let's turn to my conversation with Charles Joseph Smith. Yeah, thank you. I I start every podcast episode with the same question. Um, and that is, can you describe what a typical week looks like for you? Okay, typical week. Now, all right. I, was, I, was, I do double duty. I just do that. So I, I do traditional musician work. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a companist, and I'm also for, for two jobs. And I also, and also, tr- I'm trying to like do DIY music projects. Like a little bit too much, trying to do future projects, and sometimes with in the process of trying to do stuff, I I get overwhelmed. I, I'm also trying to archive some 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 my performances on VHS. Uh, I'm trying to digitize them right now before these VHS tapes 
die. Yeah. I'm doing it right now. And, and that adds to, to like, the busyness right now. Uh, I'm not doing that. I'm going to like DIY shows. So as I said, of course, almost as you probably know, keenly. Uh, well, DIY in Chicago, music-wise stopped because of COVID and all. So, I had to, so when I had to stay home, I had to make some diversion and all that. But, but right now, so so right now, I, I'm starting to go back to going to DIY shows again. And eventually, I'm going to go see traditional music shows, like 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 concerts, symphonies, all that. I'm going to come back to doing that. I'm not doing that right now because I'm trying to create my own music, trying to create my own brand. I'm trying to do that right now. And I'm just... Uh, so. So I do double duty. I have I like I do like some side hustles, which is the accompanying jobs. Mm-hmm. I have two of them, and then trying to create some of this stuff, uh, future music, and <laughs> no, and finally, I was trying to market myself with this brand new autobiography called "This Eighty Eight Keys That Open Doors." That was created, I think, 2017, 2018, yeah. published in 2021. And with probably I ran out of books, and I am just, uh, I was a little bit sad ran out of books. But the good news is the, these books are available at Quimby's on the, in Wicked Park, uh-huh. Quimby's Books, or you can get in Humble Park uh, at Space oddities. That's just across from California Clipper. So, so, yes. so, so, so I, I, I need. I, well, so you can get them. It's also available on Amazon too. But, but if you want to get them without going to Amazon, you can go to these places. You do sound so. So I'm so, so, I, so I'm a little bit doing triple duty. I'm, I'm tri- doing those two part time jobs, going to DIY. Then, and of course, trying to market myself with the, this new book I've, I've written. You, so. you do sound very busy. You are very much hustling. Um, yes. You know, one um, of, so we're, you know, there's several things that we want to talk about today. And I want all those things that you mentioned, I want to talk about. Let's start with the, um, let's start with the DIY stuff, because you, yeah. um, you have talked about, that's where I know you. I met you through DIY yes. shows. And yes. you have talked about having a lot of feelings about how DIY scene has changed. I think both with yeah. COVID, but also you just said like musicians maybe getting jobs or kind of moving on. What do you? So, so I, so that, so what's, what happened was I, I, I didn't realize. So, so like I was a guy who wanted to like <clears throat> keep things as is. <clears throat> so, um, so at that, so actually, what happened was, at age uh, four, I I was, I was not speaking, I was not talking, uh-huh. and I I realized, uh, my parents got detected it, and I was in big trouble, basically socially, I was a little bit like a Helen Keller, mute. I thought that I was, they took some tests and I realized that, I realized I had a mixed ASD, uh, classic autism and Asperger's. They were separate. So I was diagnosed with these things under what's called the DSM-3 <clears throat> because that, uh, that, that's this, this manual of, of mental disorders 
that that they they classify everything on. I was trying to study. I didn't know about DSM at age four. No. I didn't know anything about that 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 A word on at age four. Yeah. So it was like I realized there was no. And then I realized I also had selective mutism, which was not under the DSM, but I just didn't. so that means you. You keep quiet on certain things. So it's like a mixed, it's like a triple dose of trouble. <laughs> so, 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 I, so, so after, so fortunately, so I had to end up going to a special ed school for 16 years, maybe 14 years, okay. Beacon School. Regrettably, that place at Longwood Drive that, that I was there, 1976 to 1990, closed down in 2016, 17 because of financial problems, but it used to be called the Loring School to, uh, for Girls before it changed to <clears throat> a different purpose. It was at was it Longwood Drive, about 100, 700 block of Longwood Drive. Mm-hmm. It was a, it's known as a school in the hill, and I just now after I got out, I was able to go to real life in 1990. So I I was able to go to the university. And I started doing DIYing by going to uh, a few underground dance clubs, maybe three, uh-huh. in the 1990s. But I was not seeing rock shows at that time. No, I was dancing. <laughs> I was raving. <writing. laughs> no, yeah, it was in Greektown, just near UIC. Now, so when when I was when I was done with you of uh, Rosebud U, I got my BM and piano performance. I, I went down to the Urban Champagne, University of Illinois, stayed for eight years, got two more degrees in piano performance. Wow. And then I, I went into the DIY scene in Champana, uh-huh. which is, of course, Champagne Urbana. Uh-huh. So I, I saw punk shows, I saw jazz performances, I saw experimental performances. I, I sometimes I caught up, I caught up with, with them, but I did get the degrees. So after I got out in 2002 and went back, I thought it was going to be all over. Then I realized that the DIY scene started to grow in the mid-2000s. And then in the mid-2000s, I realized most of the activity DIY-wise happened in Pilsen. So I went to the bakery. It's no longer around. To see my first first DIY show, and I I got hooked. At that point, I was... but I, but other reasons for why I wanted to be a DIY musician, as well as a traditional musician, was like I had a synth. I had a Fitzball PC88 synth, uh, and it's it's around. It's 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 heavy, 50, 45, 50 pounds. Uh-huh. But I had a MIDI sequencer, and I was I was starting the full round with avant-garde music around 1996, 1997, I think. So I was trying to create some free flow improvisations with that sequencer. And that was the beginning of uh, trying to do DIY music. But regrettably, I was too sh- shy uh-huh. about trying to promoting and all that stuff because I was like obsessed with like, trying to like collect all the stuff as much as I can. They didn't promote and all that. But I was in the late 1990s, I had a bit of stage fright. Not, not too much. Well, just it came from uh, being under the spectrum and all that. So it's a 
and I I was trying to like keep it all in, and I was trying to figure out exactly when I wanted to open up, and and I I made all this stuff, and I don't know. <laughs> so it's not. It wasn't a. It's sort of like a a delayed onset of trying of successes, uh, but to, but in traditional mu- music world. Mm-hmm. I was I was having success as a pianist, mm-hmm. especially as a teenager. I, I won some competitions, fair amount of major comp- competitions, mm-hmm. um, and all that stuff. I had four or five teachers. I had I started composing when they, I was at age ten, so I was a little bit like a Chopin, a little bit like a Chopin. Uh-huh. So, so, so at that point, it just. I didn't, I didn't, at that point, I was about eight or ten. Uh-huh. It was eight years before Rayman, the movie, was released. Yeah. And so, so of course, I didn't even know, I didn't even know French, but I realized that I was, I was like a little bit like a Mozart. A savant. A savant. <laughs> I've been to France ten years, ten years. And I, I didn't just, I didn't even know. <laughs> and then so so, so, now, 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 so, so, so that at that point now when, at the age four when I was diagnosed. Yeah. And so 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 so, so the thing is, is I was not told that I was an idiot savant. That would be like if they say that to me, I would be like a pariah in 1974. Because I was black and black had blacks had been repressed. For over 500 years or more. Now, add having ASD to the list. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like having double jeopardy. Yeah. But, but the good news is, well, my parents tried so hard to avoid being labeled as I just no, they tried to like make myself as normal as I could. But I realized, realized the parents know, knew that it was unavoidable. To stop it, because all the bad that came from the ASD was, was was there. So, at that point, 1974, one and a half years, I was mute, almost totally. But I I had like some like intelligence in music and music and all that. So I was like like music was like, like an escape when I was unable to talk. I was I was throwing all this like top forty radio, all that stuff in the mid nineteen seventies. Like yeah, easy listening, top forty Sinatra, and, and even pop music, even disco, and all that stuff was thrown in, as well as classical. So all this music was like in my brain, and I that I realized that in nineteen seventy nine there was a breakthrough, and I it was I was like a monster at that point. But at that point, I was still shy, even though I was, I was like a Mozart. Wow. How, Charles, how old were you when you did begin speaking? I was, I, I, as I was trying to work, I was trying to backtrack toward my autobiography. Um, I don't have it with me, but I, 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 have, I have looked into my pictures, looked into my pictures. Uh, I, I was raised as a normal kid until about three. I was born in 1970. So so I had some like normal speech, normal 
I had a brother who's no longer around, uh, who was one year older than me. Mm-hmm. And we were like a little bit like fraternal twins, but not exactly. We, we played together at that point. We, we were normal for about the past two or three years. But on the third year, mm-hmm. I, was, I, I was disintegrated. I felt like I was disintegrating myself from my twin brother. So it's just, it's so ridiculous. And I didn't even know about child disintegration disorder or anything like that. But that was the beginning of like this trouble. And that's also, I was raised as a normal kid at about three, about two and a half. It started, the problems started to worsen and worsen and worsen to the point I was like, like something like a Helen Keller. So, <clears throat> Yeah, I can hear, I can, I can yeah. see, but like, I was a little like a Helen Keller. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just, this is, it was, I was, I was not supposed to be mute, but I didn't real, realize, I didn't even know why I was mute. I was like, that, that's just like, no. And not until 1989, when I was 18, uh-huh. I was trying to, now I realized why and then about five years after watching Rain Man, I, I, I read an autobiography uh, by Temple Grandin, probably uh-huh. one, of the, one of the greatest autism experts out there. She's still alive. And she wrote an autobiography. So and it, and it, it, it lighted me so much that she had, I was like a, like a life like I did. So it's a, so basically what happened was like, my escape was like not. Uh, I had other other escapes. When I was young, I was do, doing some drawing. I, I, drawing was my escape. Mm-hmm. Visual arts was my escape. It was not just music was my escape. So it was. So I had like a <laughs> more of an artistic mind. Uh-huh. Instead of like, I had a bit of a mathematical mind. Uh-huh. So. Uh, too, but not exactly, not terribly, no, more art- artistic. So, so I just, so that, so it's a little bit like what Temple Grandin told me at that, that point like, by, after reading the book. So it's a, now after, now, now getting back to the DIY thing in Chicago, I just, I was trying to figure out, I just didn't even know, I didn't even know that I had, I had missed a lot of the stuff that I, I, I should have gone to. Like, for example, at 10 years old, I realized that that this this anti-music uh, uh, group called Ono started their inception. And I didn't even know anything about Ono. Mm-hmm. Uh, also known, it's known as, like, it's, it's so short for onomatopoeia. So... Uh, like the first Ono show I went to was, I think, was in the mid two thousands. I did, and I didn't even know that they would last as long as some of the greatest mainstream rock bands. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't even. They changed personnel, and I realized that the reason why I liked Ono was was uh, I was trying to get into free form music. I I started to do some more stuff on my own. I did that, and so I was getting into performance art. And I, I realized. It was not just punk bands. I I I've seen like performance artists, avant-garde music artists, even noise artists in Chicago. Uh-huh. That that uh, that not just Pilsen, but also like North Side, even West Side, and even Hyde Park, South Side. I I've seen like 
that's how I started to like make friendships with some of these DIY artists and musicians. Uh-huh. So, and and then after that, I, 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 let me see, I'm trying to, it's not, oh, there's so many, oh, it's, sometimes it's a little bit like I, um, trying to figure out what I wanted. And, and, and fortunately I, it's a little bit like I, I wanted to find something that made me happy. So it's the, so what happened was I was, it's not an easy way to, uh, to, to do things like that. So I didn't realize that I, I, I missed a lot of the stuff that I should have done. So, 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 like I wasted 25 years trying to see Ono, and I did. They, I didn't even. They didn't even tell me. <laughs> I didn't even. Yeah, I missed other stuff too, and I just uh, because I, I I was I was raised to like focus on traditional stuff, but regrettably, with with this ASD, I realized I had to go into other worlds, and, some, and regrettably. Going into other worlds was unavoidable mm-hmm. because when you have this disorder, and mm-hmm. so, so sometimes, so that's why I, I went to DIY shows and all that stuff to to like figure out what 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 did these people do? What how did they click? And not, how did they like be all a little bit like me? And what <laughs> just everything? And I realized that over the years, that I, I I realized that. The DIY places change; they close down. Some of them spring up, and all that. Yes. So, 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 I want I wanted like everything to stay the same, but I realized that when when yeah, I get a little bit doleful with with these changes, it's a little bit like routine breaks. Yeah, when someone has ASD, sometimes some 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 people are extremely upset on routine breaks, and uh, that that is like. They, they want to like stick to the same stuff, same uh, detailed stuff. And if anything messes up the uh, any any regular stuff or routines, they melt down and all. And you know what happens? They they flip out. Yeah. Some people don't, don't don't flip out, but I I I I, I try to cry when, when when things. Yeah, it's a little bit just oh. Like for example, like for example, you you heard about this this. DIY band called Crown Larks. Yes. I was uh, I was I was a big fan of the when they they I was up for about five years, and of course I how that's how I befriended the Babushians. Uh Jack Babushian was playing the guitar. Jack Babushian was dancing. She was in her seventies, and, and and Rose Babushian. What well, now? Good news is she's now a a professional belly dancer. She was a little bit part of the band too, but even though she was not officially the band, and that's how I befriended the Babushians. I'm still friends with them, but regrettably, when COVID happened, they I think broke up, and then, uh, and then it's a little bit sad. And just, I don't know if they're going to have a reunion. And the Babushian regrettably moved to Texas, oh. so I'm a, so I, that's a little, that's a little bit of an example of how of I was. This is a little bit like. Losing like a losing a dog, losing a cat, losing a fish, losing crown larks is just like yeah. yeah, because I loved their craziness. I loved their acid jazz style, their uh, their their whole 
punk acid type of creative improvisational stuff. I love them. And and I like and it relates to my dancing. My dancing myself is a little bit like drawing, a little bit like drawing. And so I try to dance to everything. So but but I was I was trying to be when I dance I try to like dance to everything. So so it was like drawing when I was young. So 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 I'm a crossover now. I'm a little bit like a Debbie Allen. Uh, you, you've heard of Debbie Allen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one like you've seen her on on Fame in nineteen in the nineteen eighties. Very versatile dancer. So 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 I, I so I I fell in love with ballroom dancing. I also fell in love with some of the traditional stuff like a jazz ballet. Yeah, but I love modern too. But I I also start. But I realized I that the non-traditional dances I didn't love as much as the traditional dance. So so some of my DIY friends introduced me to Muto dancing, which came from Japan, which is a special performance art from Japan. And it, it was a reaction to the two atomic bombs dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And the walking wounded who are eventually going to probably die from the fallout were just like walking like this, like like this, and, and with this this snow known as fallout, which can kill and all. And, and the two of the founders in Butoh, what did, uh, what created the dance that was trying to be a reaction to all that. So, and, and then I also did some, I didn't realize that I went to Lynx Hall. Uh, I realized that there was more than to like creative dancing than Butoh. I ran and so was, I, I saw something that was like ballroom dancing, but it's like not exactly ballroom dancing, but it's, a little, not, it's not even exactly like modern dancing with a pas de deux. It's called CI, contact improvisation. And I, I I had seen those jams and I participated in those jams and I realized it was it was good too. Right? So because I want I was trying to dance to everything in Links Hall. That Links Hall moved to what's called Constellations, mm-hmm. but Links Hall I, I, I saw a fair amount of DIY dance shows, some experimental, brutal, uh, CI, all this stuff, and I I saw some like even outside events uh, in Chicago for yeah, like what I see like. For example, Edgewater Beach, like they had like a like outside uh, DIY music show, all this stuff. So, so I don't go to ju- just to indoor venues. I, I I try to to see stuff outside too to see what happens. So, and also I I I found out that during COVID, they 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 had they had a they tried to have a get together. Well, well, uh, when it's when the the pandemic peaked in. Humboldt Park with all the masks and all the mm-hmm. stuff, but, but but it was it was good enough. But you realize that but before COVID, I, I started to like Humboldt Park, but then that was that was that because I was just realized that they, it's a good place to dance and all that stuff and all.
you've been to a lot of DIY spaces over the years. Do you have like yeah. your very, well, what's your very favorite? Do you have a very favorite one? It's a so, now I, I'm trying to, right now I'm trying to, I don't know, I was thinking of writing a book, a new book about my, <laughs> my DIY experiences. I, I am doing that right. So I'm doing that right now. I, I was trying to do that in the height of the, the worst outbreak of the, the, the COVID thing. And where I had to like stay home, and I was trying to, I was working the internet and on on all the all the spaces I went. Maybe I went to about fifty to one hundred. So my so I had to when I had to nail it down. I had to nail it down, nail it down. Yeah. So so the my favorite was Happy Dog Gallery. It's now called No Nation. It was in Wicker Park. It was it was so it was really crazy when. Snorri Henriksen was was used to reside there. Uh, he was an independent DJ. He actually came from Norway, <clears throat> and <clears throat> wow, boy, did he! <laughs> yeah, he made some DJ mixes that really like made me happy. Regrettably, <laughs> Snorri is back in the states after because his G one visa expired. I, he actually went to Columbia College. Uh-huh. Uh, that that's at the, on the G one visa, and that's uh, that's why he he took advantage of the visa time to like go there. <laughs> so, but but, not, but so I still like No Nation and all that. So, so it's a now the second. That's the first favorite. Okay. The second DIY place was Mudville. It's no longer around. It's, it was actually a, tr- a three tier DIY loft. Yeah. Uh, the first floor was Casa Donde, which is which means. House where? <laughs> so therefore, where, a pun on warehouse. The second one was Treasure Town, but the biggest, that Woodville was probably one of the biggest. And it, that, it, it was on the third floor. It was founded by Sarah Heyman and uh, Meg McCarville. Uh, so it's, yeah, they both of them welcomed me with open arms and I realized I just, I was because I think I had like, I didn't go to every Mortville show, but it was like, it was, even though it was sordid, dirty, all that, but I liked the vibe so much as well, yeah. probably because of my, it's a, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's a, it was so, <laughs> but it's, it's, so when it folded, I, I, I knew, I knew, I knew I had to go on, but the history, the history and I realized they make McCarthy is now in New Orleans. I miss her. Sarah's still around, but it's. But I realized I had to. Ch- I had to like go. What's it called? Roll with the changes. Yeah. So when I, as I rolled with the changes, I I moved my my third favorite DIY venue was. Uh, was it? Uh, uh, before Cafe Mustache, it was the Ottoman Empire. Uh huh. But, but then and then it would move to. Uh, and then there was a. <laughs> But there was a place just near Cafe Mustache. Uh, but regrettably, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. I loved Bali. I, it was cramped, but it was like, it was just near Cafe Mustache, which started to open. So if if I like, didn't like something at Cafe Mustache, I would go to Wally World. Mm-hmm. And, and the vibe was, well, I was like, it, yeah, it was, it had a piano. It had a piano. Uh-huh. So like, like I, I could play piano with, with uh, between bands, all this stuff. It's 
Yeah, that's like real life. The good news is, one, the owners was 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 a band member from Massive Eagle. Uh-huh. Now it's now Eagle now. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, and he, we were friends for about several years. I mean, that yeah, and, and, and then his own his own band called Massive Eagle played at Folly Road, but it's. It sold the houses that the place was sold. That it was it was all over. So when it was all over, I went, I, I started to love the Whistler, but then I moved. I realized that Cafe Mustache was getting bigger. Mm-hmm. They expanded the space, mm-hmm. and I loved Cafe Mustache. Mm-hmm. So so ever so Cafe Mustache is still one of my favorite ones. Me too. And then the I guess what? It was not just Cafe Mustache. All through those years, I would like I would go on the. If I don't like something on the cafe mustache, I would go to the hideout. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so hideout is probably my fifth favorite venue. So, 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 in order to say no nation was my my favorite. Second was Mortville during this Wally World. Fourth was cafe mustache, and fifth was hideout. But I think no nation is probably one. Of, even though it's the craziest. It, it, it used to be called Happy Dog Diaries, probably one of my favorites. What did you like so, about so, it? So, why, why was it so, your so, favorite? What made it your favorite? So, so, no, okay, so, 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 no Nation or, or the Happy Dog Diary. Well, so so it, has, it had a lot of space. It had, so it was like a little bit like a like Woodstock, a little bit like Woodstock. You could do almost anything you want. Uh, it, it, like it had performance art. It has they had punk shows. They had noise shows. That well, it makes, uh, they even had uh, film screenings. Uh-huh. So they had was virtually. They even had art shows too. So it's a little bit like a multi-purpose thing. So it also a little bit like Morville. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's a little bit like Morville. So it was. I loved that. <laughs> Uh, but Mortville was was fa- was favorite was my favorite because if you did not like one show at one floor you could go yeah. always uh, go to the other floor uh-huh. or go up to the other floor or the other floor or the other floor no uh, Wally World was was like one of my favorites because the piano uh, Cafe Mustache was like I liked the intimacy mm-hmm. uh, when it was only a, like a small space uh, the Hideout I liked the lighting. I Me like the, 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 the Christmas lighting, all this yeah. stuff. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so I made it almost like a, a little bit like a dive and a speakeasy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the last one I, I liked was, was uh, before COVID, was the California Clipper. Uh, just across from Space Oddities, uh-huh. focusing on red, red lighting. Yeah. I saw some jazz shows there. I, I didn't go too much to the burlesque shows, but I, I focused more on on seeing jazz shows, all this stuff. They had a, a dance floor you could dance to and all, and so so, so I think that's enough about. Yeah. Let me, okay, but, but, let me ask you another question. Um, what? How would you describe the type of music you mostly play? Right now, I just so so as as I I'm t- so my forte is piano. Uh-huh. So my forte is piano. So it's, I realized that I'm trying to, to learn new instruments. Uh-huh. So I have this toner uh, melodica. Uh-huh. 
That's great. <laughs> so I realized that the, the reason that's I, I was inspired a little bit by try, your change of doing new instruments. I, I saw your music box performances, especially at Comfort, at Comfort, uh, Logan Square. Yeah. So, so, so now, now here's the good news. I've, I, I've been like a, a little bit obsessed with music boxes uh-huh. when I was on, because of ASD. So <laughs> I'm not a fan of too much of, a, of the music boxes. Some of the music boxes we, we still keep. But I can't make music boxes, but I didn't realize that anyone <laughs> knows that. So, so I, I'm, I, I can play the organ. Uh, well, so I, I, I did that in the 1980s when, when I had organ lessons. Uh, I, we used to have a, a, what's it called? a console organ, but we gave it away. Uh, I also can, like, I also can do, I can also do hand percussion. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. I also have a. I'm also trying trying to like get step out of the box, and so I got this uh, toy piano. It's. Regrettably, it only has five keys. Uh-huh. It only has five keys. So. And then again, and you have, and they have, they, they can be played on these mallets here. <laughs> so, so, so you use use these mallets here, uh-huh. like for, kind of like for the, the top, the that, and then you use this for the fingers. Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm trying to step out of the box. Trying to step out yeah. of the box of like just playing, just only playing piano all that. I'm also so. I also in, in been involved in computer music, uh-huh. so so I, I mentioned that I had I used a MIDI sequencer called Master Tracks Pro, uh-huh. and, uh, and so then later on I, I realized since I was introduced to MIDI, and now I was uh, later on I was introduced to uh, some of the DAWs, and I, I realized that, and then I started to do stuff on Cakewalk. Uh-huh. DAW and Audacity DAW, uh-huh. digital audio workstations. So and now I'm trying to compile some of my existing MIDI stuff and, and MP3 stuff. And I re- now, I'm also a composer too. So I've been hooked on the finale music notation software. So I've been like doing a lot of this stuff since 1995, doing some original and arranged compositions. So it's, it's, um, and it, I realized it could be saved as MIDI or MP3 or even Waves. Uh-huh. So I did, so, 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 and I eventually I could probably put them into Audacity. So I'm trying to use that DAWs to create new works. Yeah. And I'm trying to do that right now, but I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make sure I, I have structure. So, 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 so when I, so when I do that, so the good news is I'm starting to release some of this stuff. Uh, so, so I, I, I started to, to release it on online record like stores. I started with CD Baby, but regrettably CD Baby is I think dead. Uh-huh. And, uh, but and I was a little bit crying. And then I found Bandcamp. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and before Bandcamp, 
I realized I, I could do stuff on MySpace. But MySpace is a little bit new. I had stuff on Spotify. So, 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 but I realized, I realized, I, I, but when I joined the cancel culture of Ravi Spotify and got rid of my channel, I was like, well, I should not have done it in the first place. And I was crying. So I only have stuff on Bandcamp now, mm-hmm. but but it's a little bit sad and I don't even know. So, but but I, I have about two or three albums on Bandcamp. Okay. And, I, and it's, they're still there. And I'm, I'm just, I am a will. I, I didn't add any more albums, but the big, now the good news is I think I was able, on, on the 2018 was my biggest DIY year. My most successful. When I was, Making uh, War of the Martian Ghosts, and so so I was, I was mixing like my piano playing, some of my MIDI, no no, some of my computer music, and I was, so, the project started in 2017 at the studio of an independent label called Super Records, S O O P E R Records. So Glenn Curran was the was the producer of that so so I realized they had not just the piano but also had like uh, keyboards synths even a drum set <laughs> I just didn't even know that there was like a recording studio and then after 2018 it was ready to go it was on tape and I was able to like and the good news is when it was produced at the hideout when I I was the headline of the hideout I made like accomplishment being like the first headliner in my life of a bill at the hideout. Oh wow! I almost sold. I almost sold out the hideout because I just know. And I, I after it was all over, I, I think I made about five hundred dollars. But I just, but I didn't realize yeah, it was the good old days. Yeah. But now I, I don't now. Goodness is Glenn Curran wants, wants me to do another project now, but I don't know. But I don't know what's going to happen. It's do you? Um, but now do you? But now go ahead. So so that was the, so what now about twenty twenty uh, now now okay. I was I was trying to do an opera project. Uh-huh. I was trying to do an opera project, uh, uh, a virtual opera, opera project from this successful release of War of the Martian Ghosts. So I was trying to create a virtual opera called War of the Martian Ghosts. So I'm, I'm trying, I, was, I was trying to add some lyrics, try maybe add a script and try to figure out a location. And so I could do almost everything. Add, add musicians that I know, mm-hmm. create an orchestra, and create some actors and all that. Mm-hmm. And that's just because the reason what the private pick came from like what Hope, my friend and DIY musician Hope Arthur did. I, I didn't know that Hope Arthur had an orchestra that, uh, of her brand where she did her own composition. So I was trying to be like Hope Arthur. And that's not, uh, everything was, was, was in place and then COVID hit and oh. everything had to be canceled. So, so, and it was just, just once I had to scrap it for and I put all the stuff on the burner for a while. That so now I'm trying to get the, uh, to make up for what what happened. Okay. 
So there's also that I'm going to try to tell the hideout that we, we, I want to have this this virtual opera again. Yeah. And then and so, so it now, it, so they are a bit wary because, uh, it's, of course, it's now because COVID is now an endemic and, and there's the BA4 thing is scaring some people on and so... So I don't I don't know if it's going to happen this even this year this my opera project and and but but right now I'm trying to create a musical on my life right now my friend Lim West uh who I, whom I befriended uh, at Moticoti uh once we wanted to do like a musical on my life in 2012 we met at the Love Shine Festival at on September 29th, 2012. Multicoti was a DIY venue that's no more. It was a penthouse at uh, 1000 North Milwaukee. And it and it was a under like the V V the you know what's called the VFW like bar on the floor. So it was the fourth floor. And it had so Multicoti was a little bit like another Mortville. It, 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 it had, it does, they accept almost all types of bands. They even had classical music. They had like film screenings, meetings, DIY shows. They had rock too. Like they had like Flabby Hoffman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also befriended one of the, the, the curators at Multicody, Jason Page. So, who, but I don't know. Well, so. this I'm I'm definitely interested in. You know, this project you're doing, both of these projects. I mean, those both sounds very interesting. Thank you. 
you um, do you like yes. performing in front of people? So what? So so so. Now, it's a long time. It's just it's like I was when I was performing my first piano recital. I had a bit of stage fright because of ASD. Uh -huh. So I also like <laughs> I was afraid I was going to make a single mistake on the keys, and I was a little bit like a like critical if I messed up. Yeah. So so so, so and now when in DIY shows, yeah, in DIY shows, well, well, where I do the performing, well. I had some, I had some leeway on it. stuff. just, I had bit, a teeny bit of stage fright. Uh -huh. It depends on the instrument. Like, like if I had like, uh, so, so I, I didn't even know. So now the good news is like, at like some places like, like situations that's no longer, no longer there. The good news was I had opportunities to play piano. Uh -huh. So I liked performing more DIY places and at that point, and a little bit less than traditional places, but but I think I like both of them. But it's a it's a little bit like a toss up because I was I like like because I want like I like more DIY performing them because I I could create my brand, create my play my own compositions, yeah. even free form compositions, something like you usually can't do it in a traditional piano yeah. recital. So so or anything like that. So so, and I can like promote more material. Yeah. Uh, put my put my work in on in there for the stuff and all that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, but now, now here's the good news is I also like have CDs of traditional music I performed. So like 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 from Chopin to Beethoven all that uh -huh. stuff. So I'm a crossover performer. Uh -huh. So so I think I seem to fit in both areas so i have to adjust whenever i perform i have to like adjust to the like to the to the what i want to do i just to please people and i have to like consider the audience and all that so 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 like for example in the traditional piano style i have to like uh like wear a tuxedo but but at diy show you don't have to wear a tuxedo I know. Uh, like that. You can, but you don't have to. <laughs> so, so, it's a, so, so it's a, it depends on the environment. It's just, yeah. But, but I, I think I, I, I go on, I think a little bit on the side of performing DIY places than traditional places because I have been raised to play at traditional places, yeah. traditional music, like, like, like Bach Mozart, not, not, not like the, the people like existing, like, yeah, why people who don't even know the music in there? No, right. <laughs> I don't know. And that's, you... that's, that's, that's so, but I, I try the, the the biggest thing I was I was trying to do is I'm trying to like almost every type of music, yeah. including the the stuff that I don't usually want to listen to. But I'm trying to like keep my like mind open, mm -hmm. if, even though I I am a little bit like specific. On um, which like DIY music I like and I don't like, and it's just, but just I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep a what they call a balance. Yeah. Between traditional music and DIY music, it's a little bit like a, you have to keep the balance, and it's just, well, just 
that's what I'm trying to do right yeah. now. Just that, that's that's the like the price I pay for being a crossover artist. But but I know and that's the biggest downside I'm facing right now. But I, I know I have to accept it. But I'm trying to please both sides. Uh, it's a little bit like I'm, I'm having a little bit like a double life right now. You know, just, we have I want to I just want to pause for a minute because we have seven more minutes because I keep these two an hour long. And so okay. I just wanted to mark the time and ask you, you know, want to make sure if there's anything we want to make sure to talk about in these last seven minutes or that you wanted to make sure to talk about in these last seven minutes. Anything. It could be anything. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. Now, right now, the so right right now, that's as you probably know, I have the autobiography that is called the AA Keys that opened doors, uh-huh. and, and that's so it's on Amazon. But I also I, I also mentioned at the beginning of the podcast uh-huh. that you can find it either at Spaceities or at the Quimby's Books. We I need them, but I also have, so I'm all regrettably. I'm struggling to try to try to make ends meet with my DIY musician performances and and because I'm not I'm doing less performing than I used to. So I ha- I have a Vemno uh I, I have a Vemno account. My handle is uh Charles dash Smith dash four six five. I need your support because even though this pandemic is uh, waiting, we are still having some really big economic issues and I'm just and I am taking the hits too. I'm taking hits with inflation and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh I'm 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 forced to like cut back on doing DIY shows because of that and all. So I, I need more support than ever. Even even though COVID is like almost behind us, I need some help and just and I and of course yeah get the book on Amazon if you can't get it's space oddities or or Quimby's because I I still need yeah because I need the support because I just because right now I'm gonna like a public television station right now and and, and I'm gonna try I'm, I'm, I may try to reintroduce Spotify right now. yeah just but, 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 because I, I realized this is just I, it was I did made a, a bit of it I had to firm out people uh, stuff on my music on Spotify, but when I took it down, I regret it. I just well, yeah, it's you know, it's easy enough to put it back up there. Um, do you? Yeah, yeah. When, when, okay. Oh well, I'm okay. sorry. I don't mean to. I I wanted to ask if you have any performances coming up. Performances coming up. Okay, I'm going to perf- I'm going to do a performance art dance with Sneak Trio at the Extraordinarium on Friday night. And so, so of course, that's one one of my favorite noise experimental jazz acid jazz ensembles. I'm invited to dance with dance. Uh-huh. That's 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 Friday. I think it's going to be around eight p.m. And it's that's that extraordinary. It's just near uh, Elastic Arts. Okay, it's just across the street, across Elastic Arts in Logan Square. That's what. Okay. And that's where, and, and, that, and that's where Flabby Hoffman runs the store. Uh, he's a DIY artist as well for many years. Well, I'm going to talk about other performances even after this. Uh, I'm, but I'm going to have to do it on like something else when this is over. But this is one of my biggest ones. Okay, okay, that's good. And I'm, also, I'm, I'm, I'm also going to try to uh, display my Merc too. Uh-huh. Doing the, okay. Good, good. You should. 
Um, Charles, we, you know, we're coming up to the end of the time, but it was, it's been so interesting to talk to you. You have so much, um, it's just so interesting to hear about all the DIY spaces and all the ones that you've been to and your favorite ones and, and your story too. And I, I definitely think, I'm sure yes, there's sir. a lot more packed into your autobiography that is just as interesting that people would be yeah, interested in more. about. Yeah, there'll, there'll be more soon. There'll be more. Thank you so much, Charles, for being on the show. It was really great to talk to you tonight. Yeah, so much. Yeah, and of course, thank you for like inspiring me for doing this. There'll, there'll be more stuff going on even after this is over. And then, absolutely, <laughs> I'm not done yet. I'm not. I'm not done no, yet. I'm not done yet. Not I'm done. going to keep on performing. I'm going to okay. so, see you later. I'll see you later. I'll see you around. Okay. I love that conversation. I want to thank Charles for his time. I hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, visit musictherapypodcast.com for other episodes and upcoming events. We've got Spread Joy at Cafe Mustache on June 8th. I'm playing at Kohl's on Thursday, June 2nd. I hope you guys are doing well. Music Therapy is hosted by Jessica Risker, produced by Sullivan Davis of Local Universe, and engineered by Joshua Wentz in Chicago. See you guys next week. Peace and love until I see you again.